Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Sheila Zielinski Show for this Wednesday, March 14th, 2018 edition. Thank you so much for taking the time out of your busy schedule to tune into the program, and it's going to be a fantastic program. I've been getting a lot of people emailing me and asking me if Danny Moreno is back from his trip, and I'm going to tell you it's going to be a blessing to have Danny on his show. Very quickly, if you have not signed up to be one of my patrons over there at Patreon, please do. Support my efforts for any amount. Just simply go to Sheila.media. You'll see the Patreon banner come up. It does say $25 for a sponsorship. That is the VIP pass. I just want to make that clear that when you sign up for that, you will get the free downloads. You'll have exclusive access to both the download and the audio of the show. They have a great app as well, and it is a great way to stay on top of my shows. Also, subscribe on YouTube. I'm hoping to be live streaming in March trying to get in a pure fiber zone in my area. Satellite internet is not coterminous with live streaming. Let's put it that way. But I am excited to go down that road very soon. And then finally, I just want to let people know the Podomatic podcast. I have shut that down. So you will not see my podcast coming up there anymore. So the podcast is not available, but you can get the shows and the downloads there at Sheila.media. Do become a patron today and support my efforts. And I thank you for that so much. Well, let's jump right into the program. It is Dr. Danny Morano, just back from his India missions trip. And I'm very excited for you to hear all about it. Danny, welcome back to the program, sir. Great to have you back in the country. Great to have you in the program. Welcome. Oh, thank you, Sheila. Thank you very much. Thank you for the opportunity. And I'm excited about being able to share with your people what we experienced on the other side of the planet. Well, yeah, the mic is yours, my friend. You just shoot it back to me when you're ready. Okay. Well, I mean, first of all, I just want to thank you so much, Sheila, for your support in every way, not only in uh, helping us get the message out there and praying for us, but also directly and personally uh, helping us out in this and also for your listeners. I want to thank them so much. Many of them heard the call and responded and helped us. I know they prayed for us and I got a lot of messages, uh, you know, supporting our trip. And also uh, people gave toward the effort. And I really, really appreciate that. I want to give a special thanks to those who also even mailed support because I was not able to get back response to them. But I just want to thank the people for helping us. So we're very excited. We had a fantastic time. God just showed up. The Holy Spirit just moved so powerfully. It was seamless. I mean, God just graced the trip, Sheila, in such an incredible way. It's almost scary that, you know, there were no hiccups, no crises, no, I mean, we. I know we were covered. I know a lot of people were praying for us. I know the angels were with us, and God just cut the path out before us, and we just went for it. And, uh, you know, the Indian people were just incredible. Uh, I had experienced that, of course, I told you about a decade earlier. We had, had a great time in that region of Andhra Pradesh had great meetings and and everything. But this time, it was just exceeded my expectations. You know, the brothers and the sisters went out of their way to just prepare for these meetings by faith. I mean, these people have very little, if if no money at all. 
uh, in some of these places where we went to hold meetings and pastors conferences and they just did it by faith believing that god would meet the needs and that when we came he would take care of the expenses and i mean they went all out to rent tents and prepare food and to uh pastors came from hundreds of miles away at their own expense you know just with the promise from us that we would cover their expenses when they got there and that they would be fed when they got there and uh we had stellar turnouts we covered several regions, Sheila. We started in Rajamundri, which is a big city, actually, where uh, the brother that I'm working with so much, uh, he's an apostle, in my opinion. He's over hundreds and hundreds of pastors, very young man, actually, in his early 40s. But God has given him this responsibility for the last 20 years to just take these pastors on as his, kind of as his flock. And he just uh, takes care of them and their families and helps them with any needs they might have in their churches, in their communities. You know, he just got it all together. And the pastors work so hard in their areas to prepare for the meetings and they just received, you know, it's really humbling, Sheila. I mean, they received me like a king there, you know, like uh, Brother Herb that I brought with me. Brother Herb came with me and, you know, like Brother Herb said, you know, we're the ones who should be coming here learning from you, learning from your faith, learning from your humility, learning from the way you honor your brothers and sisters. Uh, but they just rolled out the red carpet for us, so to speak, honored us and trusted us. And we just had powerful meetings. The Holy Spirit, he just moved mightily. We had pastors conferences in the daytime, mostly, uh, where hundreds of pastors gathered. And I was able to, first of all, preach the anointed word, preach that apostolic word to them. You know, many of the things that you've heard me preach here, Sheila, you know, about who the church really is, you know, what we call fivefold ministry gifts are, I call them servant love functions, how God really wants us to interact with one another as far as the ministry giftings and kind of breaking them out of this old stereotype, really Roman Catholic Western mold of the, you know, the pastor title, okay, which came from, you know, the Roman Catholic priest, if we really study it out. And, you know, that's all that pretty much the West and the East knows is, you know, everybody's a pastor. So I was able to bring that revelation that, you know, according to, for instance, Ephesians chapter four, verse 11, that God has given many men as gifts to the body of Christ, apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers, and that this is for the equipping of the saints, in other words, the normal people, to do the work of the ministry, and that we should all grow together to a mature Christ-like man as a body of Christ and be built up together in the unity of the faith. And they just received that message. I mean, what was incredible is just the receptivity. And these pastors came from many different backgrounds. They're affiliated with many different denominations, Sheila. And what I found out on this trip while I was there was, and it's like this for some, some over here too, it's just a name. 
It's just an affiliation. But these uh, denominations and churches are not really supporting these guys, you know, and they're just carrying this name, you know, Baptist, Presbyterian, even even Roman Catholic, even Seventh-day Adventist. I was amazed at some of the affiliations that these guys had, but the difference that I found there was they were not really, at least from my experience with the ones that I spent time with, they were not attached to these titles and attached to these affiliations. You know, they loved Jesus and they were doing the best they knew how to follow and they were so open to the revelatory teaching about the ministry. I mean, I brought out some radical, you know, stuff. I don't find it radical. I just find it the word of God. But many people who may have never heard that before would find it radical teaching because all they've heard is kind of this one-dimensional, you know, pastoral role, church building, that whole type of thing. But what I was pleasantly surprised by was their receptivity to this new revelation and how they took it on and you know and i asked them and had the uh, translators ask them you know did they understand did they agree and so on and it was a resounding yes you know a resounding yes we understand we agree we receive it and i've been getting reports back that they're very excited and they can't wait for us to get back and i'll get into that in a little bit our plans about going back but we had the pastors conferences during the day not only did i impart the word and did we impart testimony brother herb was there and he shared his testimony which was very powerful having been a counterfeit church sinner's prayer gospel christian for a couple of decades you know a deacon and an elder in his baptist church and meanwhile he thought he was good he thought he was once saved always saved and eternally secure and all that kind of calvinist doctrine until he started listening on internet radio as he puts it to this maniac to this crazy guy named danny moreno and started to hear a different gospel and the holy spirit started to deal with his heart and show him you are not what you think and he had a transforming experience where he truly was born again later on he was baptized in the holy spirit as well and uh, he's on fire and he shared that over there and uh, it really ministered to those those brothers because i think many of them are on one side or the other of that divide even believe it or not, even in the ministry. So it was powerful. And uh, not only did we impart the word, but of course I, I ministered in the spirit and laid hands on these guys. And, you know, the Holy Spirit moved very powerfully. And there were also healings even amongst. For if your folks, if your, your listeners want, they can visit our Facebook page, God is Not Religious Facebook page. And also I put up on my website, godisnotreligious.net under uh, the new post. You can watch some of the footage that we took of quite a few of the meetings there. And you can see, you can hear both the messages that I preached there. And you can also see the ministry in the spirit. Uh, in the evenings, we had powerful crusades. What was so exciting about that, Sheila, was that so many Hindus came. And, you know, and of course, they come because of my healing gift. Uh, it's it's unbelievable that people still remember from 10 years ago how God uses me in healing and in deliverance and so. They, they hear about that. So the Hindus, it's incredible, the faith that 
these quote-unquote unbelievers have. And this kind of reminds me of the Bible when Jesus went about healing. Today, there's such an emphasis, especially in this Western charismatic Pentecostal culture that we have, of all this teaching on for Christians on how to get healed, all these steps and methods. They have healing schools. You got to go and learn for several weeks before you're ready to get healed. And, you know, when you read in the Bible, healing was a gift of mercy, a gift of compassion. It's a sign and a wonder. It's an act of compassion and mercy because God loves, simply loves people and doesn't want to see them suffer. And he wants to bring them relief, even if they don't know him and belong to him and know all their quote unquote covenant rights and all this business. Uh, Jesus went about healing, and healing was not connected to whether or not a person was saved, whether or not they were in the covenant with God. Jesus healed out of compassion, and that was used to show God's love, and through that, through that ministry of the Holy Spirit of healing and even deliverance, being set free from demonic power, people were drawn to God's love and drawn to repentance. Uh, not all. Some took the healing and left, went away, you know, like the story of the ten lepers. Ten of them got healed, nine of them went their way, and only one came back to actually follow Christ. But Jesus still healed all ten. And that's what it was like, you know, over there. Now, so many Hindus came to the meetings, and they come, you know, to be healed. You know, what was amazing is that these people get healed. They have the faith to get healed, okay, without any teaching on healing or any of that kind of stuff. They just hear that this Jesus heals, and in all honesty, they hear that this man heals people in Jesus' name. Okay, they understand that. They don't understand all the ramifications of it. They just understand as very simple people. Uh, there's a man who prays for people, and they get healed. So they come, and they get healed. It was amazing. You pray for so many people sometimes here in the West and, you know, they're meager results because people just are so intellectual and cynical and lacking in faith many times and complicate things so much. But it was amazing almost every time that I asked. And I made sure, you know, when I pray for people, I make sure I say, you know, okay, is that gone? Is that is that better? Is it do this, do that? I make sure people really have gotten healed. I'm not interested in bogus claims and undocumented healings. I want real stuff. So anyway, it's just exciting that so many people were just completely healed. And the way they received the power of God, they're so open. The Holy Spirit just, you know, uh, moves on them powerfully. They receive. And I also, of course, in my preaching and teaching a couple of times, I made it very clear that this was not enough. You know, I also came to preach repentance in Jesus's name and that these people needed to repent of their sins and they needed to come to Christ as their Savior and Lord and also let them know that, you know, yes, they can be temporarily healed. Jesus will heal them. But if they go back to these demonic temples and continue to worship the Catholic and demonic gods of Hinduism and other such things, that these healings will, will not last. They'll lose their healings eventually, and they'll be back in bondage. It's just amazing. You know, there was some trepidatious fear there, even amongst the pastors, about boldly speaking these things out, because I spoke against 
false religion. But I think what they told me, the difference was that I also spoke against false Christianity. You see? So it wasn't like I was coming and saying, we the Christians in Christianity, we are the right way and all the other religions are demonic and evil and wrong. I was also exposing, as I do here, counterfeit Christianity. And they loved it. They ate it up. They, they said, yes, this rings true to us. Correct. And so I was able to speak very strongly against the false religions that reign in that land, particularly Hinduism, because I also pulled back the curtain on the Wizard of Oz of what's called Christianity. And I think for pastors, especially, this was a real revelation of where things are at. And so very powerful crusades. Uh, we're believing, and I would ask your listeners to pray with us, believing for hopefully a government change over there, for something to happen, because the government that's in place right now is very militant Hindu. They're very anti-Christian. They want to subjugate the Christians. They want to marginalize them. They want to minimize their impact. And particularly, they don't want the influence of Western missionaries or, you know, Western Christian organizations, their support, their influence coming in there. So it kind of puts a wet blanket on a lot of evangelism. For instance, the first time I went there about 10 years ago, we did much larger outdoor crusades. Uh, it's more difficult for them to do that now. Uh, but in 2019, I believe there's another election coming up and the Christians have been praying and asking God to do something there. And we believe in that in 2019, we can get back to doing mass crusades in a, in a real, real big way. In the meantime, we're still doing big meetings and we're having conferences and stuff. But of course, it would be great to get back to having these mass crusades. So we're believing for that in 2019. But we're going to go back in six months, Lord willing, and we're going to do even more than we did this time. Bigger meetings, more meetings, and we're going to go into another state. We were in the state of Andhra Pradesh. We're going to venture into another state, which is kind of a big hub there, called Hyderabad. It's a very big city. It's got, you know, millions of people in it. And uh, we're going to be covering that whole region. And hopefully many of the others that were involved will either travel to that region as well or will find a way to get to them as well. And uh, it's going to be a very, very powerful time. So we're in, you know, we're into it for the long haul. This is not, this wasn't just a church mission trip, Sheila. You know, this wasn't, you know, let's go see what it's like on the other side of the world so we can go back and tell, you know, the Western church how different everything is in a one-time life experience. God called me into ministry to India a quarter of a century ago, supernaturally. I shared that on the last call, so I won't go into that. Your people can listen to that if they want. Uh, but I was supernaturally called into that. And for the last 25 years, sporadically, God has been bringing me back there. And I really believe that this is the season where the real harvest is coming forth from India. And I think we're going to see an incredible, fantastic and gigantic harvest from the nation of India. I mean, we're talking about a couple billion people. I mean, you know, we're so concerned with reaching these, whatever, a couple hundred million over here in the Western continent, who most of them want nothing to do with Jesus, even though they've heard about it since they were three years old. Over there, we got a couple of billion people. Most of them have never heard. Okay, they, they say that there's uh, 
1% that are Christian there. I think it could be more, in all honesty, but it's still a very small number of people in comparison to you know the millions and, and perhaps billions of people that are there in that region. India also take into account Pakistan, Bangladesh, you know, which is more Muslim, Pakistan and Bangladesh. But all these people that come out of the Indian culture and Indian race. So there's just an unbelievable harvest, and I'm believing God for that, and I'm going to go back uh, as much as God gives me the opportunity to do it. I really felt that the Lord laid it on my heart even stronger this time, that this is going to be a major and perpetual commitment to go back perhaps every, every few months and do major meetings all over India. You know what I was so impressed about, Danny? I mean, I was watching video clips and excerpts from your incredibly powerful crusades, and it was so exciting for me to see the Holy Spirit being so faithful to pour out his anointing in great measure and grand display, obviously, through the healings, the deliverance, the, the salvations, the demonstration of his power. I mean, you got hundreds of ministers and thousands of lives greatly touched through his outpouring and compassion and supernatural ministry. And, you know, a lot of these miracles, think about this, people that are unreached you ministered to lepers danny lepers as in jesus time are outcasts there you know with the new government cutting off funding and these people are on their own and brother raja does the best he can but you know as you were talking i couldn't help but think about luke 5 12 and it said you know think about this folks it said and it came to pass when he jesus was in a certain city behold a man full of leprosy who seeing jesus fell on his face and besought him saying lord if thou wilt thou canst make me clean Here's a doctor. Dr. Luke said he was full of leprosy. When you look at other accounts, it said he had leprosy. But remember now, Luke was a physician, so he gives a much more detailed account. Now, even today, there are situations that men say are incurable. Not only could this man not help him, kind of considered a death sentence, but if you look at a sentence of being ostracized, being cast out, not being able to fellowship with even friends and family, you know, being full of this devilish infirmity, and it was awful. But this is a thing that this amazes me. You touched on something important, Danny, and it's amazing today in the West. People are so quick to go to their doctor. And I always think, you know, they used to be called witch doctors and they just dropped the witch part of it. I'm not saying God can't use doctors, but Danny, there are millions of people who believe in God or they say they do, and they're plagued by some sort of physical infirmity in their body. And I could name denomination after denomination without exaggeration. I've heard these people pray. They might sound like this. Oh God, if it be thy will. It's like Lord, what did this guy say? If it be thou will, what did Jesus say? It is. It it is my will for you to be clean. And the thing is, Danny, we go to everything first, but we don't go to God. And I find that really troubling. And like you said, these people are just so, they're so full of faith. Do you find it just a stunning cultural difference? Oh, it's it's astounding. I mean, there's just no comparison whatsoever. Like you're saying, they don't have the uh, health department to fall back on. They don't have insurance. I mean, that's a joke. Uh, I mean, just drive there. Look at go go to my Facebook and look at the driving clips. We took some video of the driving clips. There's no such thing as any kind of insurance there. Okay. I mean, it's every man for himself. So these people, when they come for healing, they come desperately for healing. They don't come with the idea. All right. Well, if this doesn't work, I'm sure that pill will kick in soon. Uh, or I'll go back to my doctor yeah. tomorrow. Or they they don't 
don't have that. It really, I'm telling you, Sheila, it feels like you're stepping back 2,000 years. I really feel like I'm walking in the Bible. You mentioned the lepers. I'm glad you brought that up. And I had several opportunities. If you go and watch the videos, we uh, passed out food to the lepers. I actually laid hands on the lepers and prayed for miraculous healing. And, you know, I'm not only believing for healing, Sheila, but I'm believing God for creative miracles. Okay, there's a difference. And I don't know if people know that. But there's a difference between the gifts of healings, okay, and the working of miracles. Gifts of healings is, you know, someone is sick and the sickness goes from them. God heals them of the sickness. Working of miracles is, for instance, the disappearance of this skin cancer, the, the skin being completely cleansed. Uh, limbs growing back, digits going back. If you watch some of the videos, you'll see me in Jesus' name commanding these digits to grow back. I'm talking about fingers, toes. Many of these people that I laid my hands on, this uh, disease had eaten away some of their toes, eaten away some of their fingers uh, and other parts of their body. So I'm commanding in Jesus' name and moving in the gift of working of miracles, okay? And if you go and look at the nine gifts of the Spirit, you'll see that, people. 1 Corinthians 12 word of wisdom, word of knowledge, discerning of spirits. Then it talks about the gift of faith, the gifts of healings, the working of miracles. And then it goes on to talk about prophecy, tongues, and interpretation of tongues. Well, this is a gift we need to move into, a power gift that we need to move in. It's not only the gifts of healings, which is very powerful, of course, for people to be healed, but the gift of faith, and the working of miracles. The gift of faith, for instance, many of the demonstrations that you see, Sheila, when I'm moving in the spirit, just miraculous things. The power of the spirit just, you know, hitting people and their bodies just giving out what we call slain in the spirit and, you know, other manifestations of the power of God moving. And this is the operation of the gift of faith, you know, signs and wonders and mighty deeds that only the spirit of God can perform. While I was there, I was, I was really connected Connecting with the Holy Spirit and saying to the Holy Spirit, Lord, this is what I want to see more than anything in the next phase of my ministry is a full blown out manifestation of working of miracles. I want people who are missing arms, missing legs, missing fingers, toes, whatever it might be, need parts of their bodies supernaturally. God is the creator. So God can recreate, right? Spiritually, we've been recreated in Christ Jesus. We were initially created, but we're diseased spiritually through sin. And we have to be recreated spiritually through the born again experience and through receiving the Holy Spirit. Well, the same thing in the physical. People have lost parts of their bodies because of disease, because of accidents, whatever it is. And God has the power to do these things. Uh, We just have to believe him for that and connect with him and, and partner with him in this. So when I was laying my hands on these lepers, and you can watch the videos, people, you know, I'm believing God not only for the healing, but I'm believing God for miracles. 
that these people will be healed. I saw one guy, up. we were up in the mountains, and it was a miraculous healing. He couldn't walk, he was missing toes, and he was literally lame, and he was pretty much completely dependent on his crutches. And through God's grace, I prayed over him in Jesus' name, and I commanded him to walk, and he walked without it. Many people threw away their crutches and began to walk. They couldn't walk before without that kind of help. I mean, completely lame. So... Miracles, blind eyes open, deaf ears open, mutes being able to speak, all these things. These are, this is beyond healing. This is working of miracles. And Jesus moved very strongly in working of miracles. So this is something that I'm believing God for. I've seen some of it, but I want to see much, much more of it. So I'm believing even on the next trip that we're going to see more of that. And eventually I'm believing that and we get back into these mass crusades, we're going to see thousands of people miraculously healed, receiving creative miracles, delivered from demons. If you watch some of the videos, you'll see some of the deliverances. Uh, We also, I had the people renounce their gods. Because many people came. You know what was interesting? You'll find this interesting, Sheila. So much barrenness. Women coming for prayer, even with their husbands, barren wounds, cursed wounds. And this is associated with demon and idol worship. When I went to pray for these people, and there's one video in particular where it shows it very clearly, renunciation of other gods, where I instruct these people that they need to renounce these Nephilim. And I also preached over there, and I don't think they've ever heard that, where their gods come from, who their gods really are. One message I preached very strongly was, how long, O India, how long will you worship these nasty gods? You know, I've brought the revelation here in the West for the past few years who these gods are. These gods are basically the uh, offspring of the fallen angels from the whole Enochic tragedy, okay? You know, these were the, the Nephilim. These are the demons, the disembodied spirits of the Nephilim. And also, on a higher level, of course, the fallen angels themselves. And exposing this and bringing this revelation even to Christians, Sheila, and to pastors, quote-unquote, of who these gods are. So they stop, you know, because even as Christians, you can get into this kind of anesthetized state where you just, oh, well, that's really just another religion. It's not real. They believe in these fairy fantasy gods. No, these are not fairy and fantasy gods. These are true supernatural evil beings who have an origin and people need to be taught where these things come from and these people need to know when they're worshiping these gods what they're worshiping and why that's connected to their sicknesses to their diseases to their torment to their poverty to on and on and on and it's same thing here in the west the people don't understand these things that they're worshiping you know, even through the entertainment that they're so totally consumed with and uh, the false religions that they're involved in, the spiritualism that Western people have gotten into that they don't realize where it comes from. It comes from this same source in the East, this new age spirituality. I'm not religious. I'm just spiritual. Oprah school, okay? Anthony Robbins school, where people are tapping into the same demons that these people over there have shrines 
shrines and ashrams, Hindu temples built for in a more primitive way. You know, I was making fun. You'll see on the videos if you watch them. I was making fun of their monkey god. And I was making fun of Shiva, the, the vampire woman with six arms. Also, I told, told the people over there, I said, you're not the only one who worships the monkey god. In the West, they call it evolution. They believe they came from these from monkeys. You know, so it's the same stuff, but over here it comes through, Satan brings it to a more sophisticated channel, but it's the same garbage. It's the same, the same Nephilim, the same fallen angels, the same demons posing as gods and bringing people into bondage. And I'll say the same thing. You mentioned medicine, Sheila, but many of the people here in the West are also not getting healed even apart from medicine, because they're not renouncing these gods. Like I told these people over there, that they needed to renounce those false gods. And people have to do that over here, too. And you wonder why, you know, you got all these, you know, as I said, methodologies and teaching, schools of teaching on getting healed. And it's all based on methodology and faith. But many times there's no repentance involved. And people need to renounce their association with demonic things, or God may very well not answer their prayer to be healed. And even the people who want to be used by God in healing, God's not answering their prayer for the people either, because they're idolaters, and they're worshiping other gods. So God's not moving, you know? And uh, that's what I saw in my time there, was just how powerfully God moved. You know, for people to be healed, it was effortless. I mean, I was kind of surprised. I'm going to be honest with you. I was surprised sometimes when people would ask, no, no, really, it's gone. No, really, I'm healed. No, really, the pain is gone. No, really, you know, I said, praise the Lord, you know. (laughs) You're you're waiting to hear, well, not really, you know. uh, You know, I mean, there were some instances like with Jesus, you know, I see men as trees. Uh, where I prayed again. But overall, most of the time, the Holy Spirit just healed the people, you know, and the people wow. were so happy and blessed. And, and no sinner's prayer gospel. I don't do the sinner's prayer, Sheila. No, I don't really? Say, <laughs> I don't say now, all of you say this prayer with me now. All you Hindus say this prayer with me now. Blah, blah, blah. Okay, now you've been born again. Now you're in the kingdom of God. I don't do this nonsense. God is powerful enough. I had this one guy get real mad at me 10 years ago, Sheila, when I was there. God is miraculously healing these people. I mean, they're weeping, yeah, from the presence of God all over them. And this guy keeps poking me in the back saying, make sure they know it's Jesus. Make sure they know it's Jesus. Have them pray with you. I said, brother, please be quiet and sit down. Let God do what God does. Yeah, Did right Jesus on. ever say say this prayer with me now? And, and you know, this is uh, the old Billy Graham school. People are getting mad at me about Billy Graham. You know, I put some stuff up about reality. People get upset about that. But this sinner's prayer gospel, it's not in the Bible. And God is big enough. If he can heal somebody's body from, you know, debilitating disease, he's big enough to make himself known to that person and we're preaching jesus and what's good there 
is that the pastors are there to receive these people. I'm not doing the Billy Graham thing. I know you didn't get saved all those 40 years in the Lutheran church, uh, and you came to this crusade to get saved. Now go back to the Lutheran church. I know you didn't get saved all those years in the Roman Catholic apostasy, and you came to this crusade to hear the gospel. And now that you've said this prayer, go back to your Roman Catholic church. I mean, this is ridiculous. The pastor's there, they're on the ground. They know the people, Sheila. The people are in their village. The people are in their town, whatever. These people also come back because pastors are involved in Matthew 25 ministry. They're getting people food. They're getting people clothing. I don't want to neglect saying this. We're also supporting the orphanages there, the children. If you look, if you go to my Facebook again, or my website, you'll see the beautiful little children. They threw this big birthday party for me. They sang to me. They danced for me. I mean, when Jesus said the kingdom of God is like a little child, I mean, that's what you see. These children have been taken. No exact, and I'm not doing this for dramatic effect here, okay? This is real. Some of these kids have been pulled out of trash cans, They've been pulled out of bushes where they've been abandoned. I met a couple of kids. I'll never forget this. I, w- I was crying, Jill. Right after I was done ministering a pretty big crusade there one night, they brought me these two kids to pray for them. And they told me, oh, yeah, these kids, they live on the street. I mean, Sheila, if you would look at this child, if you would look at a three, four-year-old little boy, a seven-year-old little girl, and to think that they are just on the street. Wow. Like, I mean, I passed so many dogs and goats and cows just roaming the streets over there, right? And some of these dogs are very scary. They look rabid, just roaming the streets. To, to think that there are children that are just walking on the street like wow. that at 2 o'clock in the morning, no parent, no guardian, nobody. It just, and and the the torment and the confusion in these children's faces, I prayed over their minds. I, I begged the Holy Spirit to keep or return their sanity. I mean, it was just so heart-wrenching. And to think that these children are over there in that situation, and these pastors are begging me, to come back to the land of the Laodicean, lukewarm, sickening, rich church and beg some people to just send a few dollars over there. No exaggeration, like those commercials used to say, for the price of a cup of coffee, you know, these children can be taken off the street and fed and clothed and be cared for. We got jerks over here claiming to be men of God claiming that Jesus is telling them, oh, is that you're going to stop at that size jet? Why don't you believe me for a bigger jet? Mm-hmm. We got, you know, people building these these shrines, these temples to the sky for millions and millions and millions of dollars. You think about the millions of dollars that are raised in so many of these gigantic Protestant and seeker-friendly edifices every week on Sunday, you know, and here you go over there and you see these children and all it takes is a few dollars and a little bit of love and compassion and these children's lives can be changed. And Brother Raja also, not only him, other brothers too, where we went to do the same thing, 
showed me children who had gone through his orphanage that are now successful, not only Christian, but they're in a good career. They have families. These, these lives would have been wiped out. They would have been eternally wiped out, and they would have been socially and economically wiped out. And because of God's mercy, through true shepherds laying down their lives to rescue these broken people. Also, we had, right on the day we were rushing to the airport, we're rushing to the airport, on the way rushing to the airport to come home, we had the privilege to stop at a home where we were able to open a sewing business for the widows. They can't, they don't go to the social system. They don't go down to the Department of Children. They don't get that. They're just left as widows. You know, their husbands drank themselves to death or whatever happened there, and they're left as widows. They have no way to support themselves. So we were able, praise God, you know, to do our small part to put some money into starting a business. They've been praying about starting this business for years, Sheila, where they sew clothes and they sell those clothes. Old-fashioned. We bought a bunch of old-fashioned Singer sewing machines. If you can imagine this, okay? In 2018, we went down to an old-fashioned little kind of mom-and-pop shop and bought a few of these Singer sewing machines and put them in this house with these beautiful young ladies. I mean, I'm not talking about, you know, you hear the word widow, you think of this old decrepit kind of witchy looking woman. No, these are beautiful young women uh, in their 30s, 40s, some even younger, uh, that have no way to support themselves, support their children. And they were so excited. Uh, they're so proud. They stood out in front of the sign, you know, for their for their business. And and this is also a ministry because they're coming into the faith, and people around them see what God has done for them through the love of true Christians, and they're drawn to the light of Christ. In the same place, they have a church. So those people who come there to work, those people who come there to get those clothes, they're exposed to the ministry of Jesus at the same time. So it's it's just a powerful thing. So before our time runs away from us, this is what I'm believing God for. I'm believing for a very modest thing right now on a monthly basis to support the orphanages, to support the widows, to support the pastors and, the, and their families, to keep them in full-time ministry. I'm believing God right now for about $5,000 a month that I can send over to brothers there that will distribute this faithfully to, you know, to the orphanages. Uh, t- also taking care of the lepers, same thing. Uh, lepers, widows, the orphan children, to take in more of those children. We were able to buy them new clothes. You should have seen. We have it on video. You'll see it. How these little children, you know, you've never seen such beautiful children in your life. I mean, I have beautiful kids, okay? These children are just gorgeous. And to think that they would have been left to the wolves and God has spared these children. You know, we were able to buy them some clothes, new dresses for the little girls, new suits for the little boys, you know. And they are so excited and so grateful and, uh, you know, also the food that they need and stuff. And, of course, you know, medical care if they need it and so on. So for those, you know, for the people listening that are interested in that, I appeal to you. And secondly, as I said, we want to go back. We're probably going to go back around August. And I'm believing God to do some great meetings, like I said, even more so than what we did before. 
And again, a very modest figure. I'm believing God for about $30,000. Well, I'm really going to encourage the people that are listening, really prayerfully consider doing this. I really believe everyone can do something. A couple of dollars, a lot of people can do much more. Well, what does the scripture tell us? We are to care for the widows and orphans. We are to look after the sick. And I think this is really God's work. And and listen, probably more than 30,000 people are going to listen to this show, download this show. There's no reason why Danny's missions trips PayPal account on his website right now wouldn't have 30,000 in it immediately. This is the work of God. This is advancing God's kingdom. We are commissioned to do this. I think it's so important. And you know what, as Danny said, for the price of a cup of coffee, we can ensure that the gospel gets taken to India, that people get healed and delivered and these little children can eat. You know, we're pretty spoiled over here. You know, we got nice fluffy beds and two cars and a roof over our head. But a lot of people in the world don't have those same things. I think this is really important. And I'm asking my, I think I have the best listeners in the world. I think they're very compassionate, loving Christians. And I'm asking you, please, can Danny depend on you for your support? I believe that he can. Give and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down and shaken together and running over. Shall man give unto your bosom for the same measure that you give, it shall be measured to you. That that says it right there. And plus we're commissioned to do it. I'm asking you to lock arms with me. Let's bless Danny as he is faithful to go over here and bring the kingdom of God to this incredible land of idols, this God-forsaken place where it is very tough to preach the gospel. Let's all get behind Brother Danny, lock arms, and make sure that he can raise these funds when they go. Because you know what? We're not wealthy philanthropists. We're just obedient to do the calling that we have. I wish I had the money. I would just fund this trip on my own because it is amazing what Danny is doing over there. Brother Raj, I mean, I just, it's just heart wrenching when you see these spoiled people in the West. It really is sad. And then you look, I mean, it just takes one trip to go over to a place like this and really see how absolutely spoiled we are. Can't go a day without our Starbucks coffee. And I think it's sad. You know what? We can donate to this. I pray that God would put it on your heart to really generously give to this. Yes. And one thing that broke my heart, because, you know, you know, I'm not shy to talk about, you know, what's missing in American Christianity. But one thing that I'll say about Americans, especially, okay, is historically, Americans have been very, very generous. Yes. And it just broke my heart that when I was over there this time to hear from the Indian people that there has been such a drop off in the last few years of American Charity. Mm. Something has changed where, I mean, there's one thing that you could never take away from America. You can say they're loud. You can say they're obnoxious. You can say they're arrogant. You know, there's a lot of things you can say. But one thing you could never take away from Americans was their generosity and also their love toward foreign missions. And this needs to be revived. This needs to be revived. And it's the same for Canadians, because what's the difference? I mean, let's be honest. We're really pretty much the same. Americans and Canadians, you know, we got to get back to giving. 
We got to get Amen. back to Amen. seeing the harvest field in the world. And I'll tell you what, you know, uh, as discouraged as I can get about the hard heartedness and the lukewarmness of the West, you know, I just turned my face east, Sheila, and there's such a harvest field. I mean, there's just an endless harvest field of people who, if they just had a chance to hear, they would come. For those of you that are, you know, spending so much time on Facebook commiserating over the state of the Western Church, uh, maybe it's time for us to take our eyes off of that. Leave that to God. Let God deal with people in the West. Uh, but maybe we Westerners should turn our attention somewhere else. Let's go where the harvest is, where they're not killing off their own race, okay? Where they're actually bringing millions and millions and millions of people into the earth every year. And these people are without salvation. They're without Jesus Christ. We need to reach these people. So I, I cry out to you Westerners, Americans, Canadians, Australians, Europeans, so on and so forth. Get involved with us. Help us reach India and help us reach the East. There's a whole harvest out there of people who need to be reached. And many of these people in India and the Indian type countries have English as a second language. So they even understand the gospel. I mean, I have translators, but, you know, there are many that even understand what I'm preaching in English because English is their second language. So it's not as foreign and as strange and another planet as we think in some ways, you know. So get involved in helping us reach the people in the other part of the world. There are so many souls that need to come into the kingdom. And Matthew 25, Jesus said, did you visit me in prison? Did you come to me when I was sick? Did you give me something to eat, something to drink? Did you give me clothes to wear? Did you give me shelter? There's opportunity to do these things, people. So I just, I appeal to you in the name of Jesus and in the love of Jesus to join hands with us in this. And uh, you'll rejoice, believe me. You'll come back, you'll, you'll rejoice like I am in seeing those souls come into the kingdom of God. Absolutely. Now, is there also an opportunity for people listening? You know, maybe somebody really feels a calling to go to India as well. Is there an opportunity for that as well with your group, Danny? Yes. The, yeah, there's an opportunity to join. I'm looking at, you know, the, the possibility there to, to bring some people with. I'd like to get you know, to know you first a little bit. I'm not just going to take a big group of people I don't know because it's an extra responsibility, Sheila, you know, to, to carry those people. But if you're really, really interested, you know, contact us. And we'll consider that and we'll pray about it. And, of course, the more and more that we do this, the more equipped we'll be to do that in the future. But, you know, we're open to it. Okay, well, in the last waning moments, Danny, once again, just remind people how they can get behind this missions project. You know, really, I just really encourage people to do this. How can they do that? Yes, well, please, of course, pray for us for God's protection and provision and prosperity in, in doing this. Uh, you can get involved by giving. That's the biggest way, in all honesty, down-to-earth, straightforward giving. Giving, as I said, uh, for the spiritual side of it, to do the crusades and to do the pastor's conferences and so on. In five or six months, I'm going back. 
I'm believing God for at least $30,000 to cover those expenses. That's nothing, people, in comparison to the West, to be able to do the things that we're doing. Uh, there's some of you that are under the sound of my voice. You could write that check right now by yourself. And if God leads you to do it, God bless you. And secondly, you know, we want to raise a monthly support for, as I said, the lepers, the widows, the orphans, and the pastors. I really have the pastors and their families on my heart to keep them in full-time ministry. And I'm believing God for about $5,000 a month just to get started with that. So you can help us by giving. Go to my website, godisnotreligious.net. As Sheila said, you can hit the donate button and you can do that through PayPal. Uh, you can also mail to me. Some of you have mailed to me. But folks, if you, especially if you're out of the country, if you can, it's really better to use PayPal. Some of you lovely people have sent me money from Australia and places like that, and it's wonderful. But, you know, it, it takes a few weeks for that money to come through. You know, that whole business of as much as we say it's a one world, it's still separated when it comes to different countries and receiving checks from there. If that's the only way you can do it, well, praise God and thank you and go ahead and do it that way. And I'll give you my address again, 438 Rotherwood, R-O-T-H-E-R-W-O-O-D, Drive, Charleston, South Carolina, 29407. Just send it to Danny Morano. Just write the checks out to Danny Morano. And as Sheila said, just put in the margin there, you know, Indian missions trip. Otherwise, you can give through PayPal. Uh, that's the easiest way and the best way on the website. Okay, well, there you go, folks. So godisnotreligious.net. I've also got the information linked there in the bio, as well as the mailing address. Please do support this with your prayers and your dollars, this incredible work that Danny's doing. Danny, I want to thank you not just for coming on the program and talking about just how God is moving in this, but I really want to thank you for your obedience in going there I really want to thank you for your obedience in God's call in your life as well, because again, I watched the videos and I just was really moved and I'm very touched by your ministry. Be a part of this, folks. It's life changing. And I just think you can never know this side of heaven, how much impact you make for the kingdom of God. And I hope people really do cheerfully give because you know what? A lot of these TV commercials, you know, you see these these programs and, and, and people ask for this. This is vetted ministries, folks. These men that Danny is connected with. They are vetted ministries. Danny has been down there, boots on the ground, knows what's going on, knows these men are trustworthy. And I think this is a really important thing because people do get skeptical. You know, where is my money going? Is it really going to go to feed kids? You know, come on, we see the UNICEF commercials. But when you can trust and vet these ministries. I think it's so important. And I'm so proud of my audience because I know you're going to get behind this. And I thank you for that. Danny, I like I said, I thank you for your ministry. You're incredible behind the scenes work that I am very aware of. I've known you for years and you are indeed an amazing present day apostle. And I really appreciate all your work. And thanks for coming on the show. God bless you. Thank you, Sheila. God bless you. Folks, that was Dr. Danny Morano, godisnotreligious.net. Hey, and also, if you want to get Danny to speak at your church, do that. 
He's done that before, and I've got really amazing feedback on that. So just go to godisnotreligious.net and go to the contact information. You can get a hold of Danny there, and he's very good about getting back to people and really do support him and get behind him. I know a lot of you work, and you maybe can't get to India, but boy, what a chance for us to really bless some people for the kingdom of God and to see the kingdom advanced. You know, I just can't say enough about this important work. And I really want to just thank you guys so very much. Hey, listen, I've got a fantastic rest of the week. Dr. Michael Lake is going to stop in. Mark Morano, one of the most hilarious guys ever. He's got a new book out. And oh my goodness, I can't wait to have him on the program. Chuck Baldwin, Pastor Randy Ritchie was on Monday. If you did not hear that show, you need to go back and listen to that. And don't forget to subscribe to my YouTube channel. If you're on Twitter, you got to follow my tweets. They are entertaining, if anything. And don't forget to follow me on Facebook. Although we know it's fascist book, it's still a great way to keep in touch with what's going on. All my social media icons are there at the top right corner at Sheila.media. Folks, thank you so much for listening tonight. Good night and God bless you.